Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. The Edmonton Oilers in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks tonight. That is a 6.30 puck drop on 6.30. Chad, the play-by-play voice of both the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Digitex is your all-in-one convenient location at digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline for our friends. Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Rob Kinsey and the gang at Canadian Power Pack. We welcome back to the show one of the most popular guests we have, Brian Burke from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hello, Brian. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? I'm in Chicago. There's worse places to be. You know what I'm saying? I do. I like Chicago. Great U.S. city. So let me ask you this, Brian. Um, the NHL GM's meetings have wrapped up in Boca Raton, Florida. How much of the discussion is about the actual discussion topics and how much of it is an opportunity for future considerations in trade talk and movement around the league? Well, the the meetings go about half the day. Typically they go, uh, like eight in the morning till one in the afternoon and they have a working lunch. So lots of talks originate there. It's after the deadline, so obviously not much can be consummated, but lots of spade work is done there. Lots of discussions. You see guys after once two gems will drift off and sit over in one corner. And so a lot of work is done there on trades that you know maybe come to fruition at the draft or in the summertime. But the focus of the meeting is the rules, and it's a cool meeting. It's cool how you watch these NHL GMs dig in on rules and how attentive they are and how much they care about the game and it's pretty cool to watch is there a bit of a pecking order in terms of you know the more experienced managers maybe get the first words you know a guy like david Poyle or glenn sather um you know, I, I was told that Pete Shirelli was a guy, as an example, that, that really liked to debate and discuss things at those meetings. I'd be intrigued to understand, you know, how does that work compared to maybe a younger guy like John Chayka, and we'll get to him in a second, or or even Pierre Dorian, you know, who was made a GM a couple of years ago. Well, it's like being a rookie. You know, when I was a rookie in the American League, I didn't say a word. I didn't speak unless I was spoken <laughs> to. 
and uh, and it was near Christmas time. Our captain came to me and said, uh, "Everyone, because I was older, right? I was 22. I was older than a lot of the guys who were in there who were second year pros." And um, the captain, Dennis Patterson, was wonderful for us. He came to me and said, "Look, we all appreciate you kept your mouth shut." Um, feel free to speak up now. <laughs> so I got to, you know how hard it is for a guy like me to keep quiet for three months? Good Lord. And uh, But so I'd say, when Glenn Sather was there, you know, when I first became a GM, that room was full of giants, right? Like Cliff Fletcher and Harry Sinden and Glenn Sather and Serge Savard. And when those guys talked, everyone sat there and listened, especially when Slats and Harry talked. And, um, and those guys would feel free to interrupt the younger guy too, and say, "Well, no, this is what we're talking about." And and um, so, yeah, there's a pecking order. When your first first couple meetings, you're not going to propose any agenda items. You're not going to speak much unless they ask you a question or they take a vote. Um, but there's definitely a pecking order for sure. Yeah, uh, on John Chaka in Arizona. Given that the league has revenue sharing, and Arizona's been an organization that's been propped up as a result of it would you envision that if arizona was to be disciplined for physically testing potential prospects would you be of the belief that the respective teams maybe tired of contributing revenue sharing for arizona would prefer them to be stripped of draft picks or something like that well i don't don't think the fact that they're a revenue sharing receipt team you know, the fact that they're on the dole, that's part of the collective bargaining agreement. The players said, if we're going to cap salaries, then you've got to support these weaker franchises. And revenue sharing is a great thing. I know your particular objection to it, and there's some merit to that. But the fact of the matter is, the union said, we can keep 23 jobs in Florida. We can keep 23 jobs in Arizona. We can keep 23 jobs in Nashville, which at one time was a struggling franchise. And, and that's how we're going to do it. We're going to make the richer teams pay. It makes sense, and it works. I mean, uh, I don't think that some of the markets aren't sustainable without revenue sharing. So I don't think that's linked to any punishment. I think the fact of the matter is the allegations are that Arizona tested. Uh, and there are regulations on when you can physically test players. That's why they have the combine, to put all, of, all the teams on an equal footing, even teams that don't have a big budget for that. They can go to the combine and watch all the top kids get tested. The regulations are quite clear and quite strict. You cannot test. And apparently the allegations are that Arizona has tested, rumor mill says as many as 60 guys. Uh, but first off, I don't know what they're going to be able to prove, what the league is going to be able to prove. And second, um, I would caution people, if they think Arizona is going to get killed, the league let up on New Jersey. They had a very significant penalty for the Kovalchuk contract. And the yep. league, in light of the fact the team was sold, the league rescinded some of the, the penalty against them, specifically a first-round pick. So you've got a new owner in Arizona, and I'm not sure that the league's going to come down as hard as they would if you had an established guy. That being said, this is coming on the heels of the baseball steals, sign-stealing scandal, and there's not much appetite for cheating in pro sports right now. It just isn't. So I anticipate if they establish the conduct, and again, these are just allegations at this point. But if they establish that this took place, I anticipate the league to come down hard on them. We're joined right now by Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Brian, one of the things that came, uh, I believe it was actually Bill Daly that gave the range of the potential cap moving forward 
from 84 to 88 million dollars wouldn't the managers want more of a specific number right now instead of sort of a moving target that's a little bit dependent upon the players uh voting to approve a five percent inflator well, the the issue is, yeah, they would. They, they like much more certainty. It was last year they were told it was going to be 83, and then it came out at 81 and a half. Uh, they'd love a, a fixed target, and they'd love a multi-year target. And the league has said it, it, we can do that, but it's probably not going to be accurate because you have to calculate all this stuff and audit it. So hockey re- hockey-related revenue is split between the owners and the PA 50-50. They've got to account for all the revenue. Uh, the union has the right to audit a certain number of teams every year, so there's no cheating. The league, you know, makes sure if you cheat, <laughs> there's big penalties. You've got to report all the income properly, and that's not that's not something that's done. It's not like you're coming to till at a corner store. It's complex and it takes time. So they do the best they can with it. They have told the, the managers the range. Um, I know if I were still a GM, I would say I'm coming in two million low on the high end of that range. It'd be 85 at max for me. That, that I, would, I would anticipate we would be allowed to spend. Plus, with the coronavirus, I'm not sure we're not going to see some impact on the playoffs. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, Perhaps playing, you can extrapolate on games, that. They're playing games now in, in in Europe in front of empty buildings. And certain areas right. where the outbreak is high, they're talking about maybe canceling certain tournaments and canceling certain playoffs or playing to empty buildings so that they can't risk the the spread of this awful virus. And so it's I'm not sure we're out of the woods on that here. It's not close to that level yet. But the way this thing has grown in certain areas, uh, it could impact on us. And if the local health authorities say, nope, no game, you can play, but you can't let people in, that could impact revenues. So I'm, I'm not sanguine about this going up to 85 or 87 million or 88 million, whatever. The hot top end was 88.2. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. I don't think revenues are going to rise until one of two things happen. The Canadian dollar gets restored to some level of strength compared to where it is now. And the new American broadcast deal comes in, which is not for another year. So maybe you need to uh, be patient uh, in that regards. And for the players, of course, they hate escrow. And so that might limit the 5% inflator as well, right? Yeah. For, well, and, and the league has told, this, you can fix escrow. You, you have to have escrow because there's no other way to top off or even things up. But you can top up escrow. So, for example, coming into was it next season, a large number of players took big signing bonuses and they wanted to keep their salary as low as they could in case there was a lockout year. So that affects year-to-year how much money was paid in a, in a given year. Like the cap hit stays the same, but if a team like William Nylander, I think, got $15 million in the first seven months of his deal. So that yep. affects. That, that's not spread evenly. So it's it's very complex. I don't fault the league at all for this. I think the league does the best they can to give the the managers a, an accurate number. But I'm just uh, I've always been I spend money once it's in my in my wallet. Once someone's hand me a check, then I feel I can spend that money. So I would if I were a GM, I'd be to my owner. I'd say, well, let's go conservative on, on this and and let's go with 83 or 84 or maybe even 85, but not 88. Now the escrow can be fixed, um, and the league has said this to the union: we we can 
we can flatten out escrow. We can't eliminate it. But one year, the, Elliot Friedman was saying one year was as high as 22%. I had heard the highest was 16 But 22%. So imagine if you're a player and you play for the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. And your your monthly check, the players get paid only during the season, so they get roughly 12 paychecks. They're big paychecks because they're, they only get 12 of them. So let's say your paycheck is $5 million. The withholding on it's half that. So you got $2.5 million left, and then they take 22% of that, and then you got to pay your agent. So it's a big issue for the players, but the league has said, we can help you with that. We just got to flatten the spending. So we, we got to we just don't take the five percent, and if we froze the cap for two years, we can get the escrow down to two percent, three percent. Right. And they don't want to do that, but, and I don't. I'm not saying I blame the players for that, but the fact of the matter is, you you could reduce the escrow, but then you you might not have the same growth in player contracts. So if you're Darren Ferris and you're sitting there with Taylor Hall, <laughs> and he's a free agent this year, and might be worth eight to nine million bucks. But if the cap's at 84 versus 88 million, that's going to squeeze some teams right out of the mix. Yeah, this is all of the Canadian teams. Montreal's in good shape cap-wise. Ottawa's in good shape cap-wise. All of the other ones have cap issues. The two most pressing would be Vancouver and Toronto. And they would love to see a, a cap um, number of 88 come down because they've got really specific issues. Um, but a, a bigger cap is, is good news for everyone. It means the industry is growing. It means the player salaries grow. It means the team's owner's revenues grow. So I'm all in favor of a higher cap, but let's, let's see the revenue first. Let's someone hand me a check, and then I'll go to the, to the bank and start spending. There's entirely too much reason and logic in that perspective. We're joined by Brian Burke for <laughs> Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. All right, Brian, I'm going to put you on the spot here. The Edmonton Oilers, 16-6-4 and in their last 26 games. They're two points out of first place, place in the Pacific Division. Are they a good team? Yes. Yeah? What yeah. do you like about them? Well, first off, let's focus on the obvious things. You've got two of the best forwards that, that have ever walked on this planet um, playing for one team, which is unusual, and they're both having great years. That's number one. Number two, they've gotten quality goaltending since the new year from both goaltenders, Mike Smith in particular, but both goaltenders have been solid. Their special teams have been scary all year. Like it's, it's inconceivable to be in the top two or three or even five with both teams, with both the power play and the PK. Uh, and you put that all together, and Dave Tippett's done a real good job of making the bottom six hard to play against. Uh, Kenny Holland brought in some veteran guys that made them more difficult to play against. They added some depth at the deadline. And uh, so it, you put those things together, it's it's not a fluke. It, it's not a fluke. And Kyler Yamamoto, to me, is the, is the biggest difference on this team because they have two lines now. So to me, I look at them, they're real. Now, someone asked me this morning, are they a legit Stanley Cup contender? I said, well, I'm not there yet. But they're a hard out now. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be a hard out. It's not uh, someone who's going to get in the playoffs and be, you know, four and out or four, you know, like Columbus sweeping Tampa last year. It ain't going to be like that. One more for you. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu, we've already got a couple media guys and some fans that are like, oh, well, you know, here we go, five games in, and they gave up two picks. 
Ken's a very patient general manager. And Dave Tippett's an experienced coach. It's not the end of the world if Athanasio plays further down the lineup to start, is it? No, because he brings that dimension to whatever line you put him on. And if they have team success, who cares about the draft picks? You know, like the, that's the problem with deadline deals. People fix a value to them and say, well, because we gave this, he's got to do this. Whereas the manager, you're thinking, if this guy gets us two more playoff wins, playing on the third line, who cares? If they win around, who cares about the draft picks? There you go. And they might be able to recoup some of, uh, at least one of the number twos with a yes, a Paul Yarby deal in the offseason. I mean, he's leading the yeah. Finnish league in scoring this year, so we'll, we'll see well, what they can remind, make shake. Just remind everyone in Edmonton. When Edmonton took Jesse Puglia-Arby where they took him, guess where everybody else had him? Right there. And anyone who tells you anything different is lying. So you can point fingers at mistakes the Edmonton Oilers have made in the draft, but we loved Puglia-Arby, his draft. <laughs> we loved him. We had him right there. Everybody did. He had a great world junior. He's big. He can skate. He's had trouble adapting. You look at Leon Dreisaitl's path to the NHL. It wasn't exactly smooth, but he's a pretty good player now. Always bet on talent, right? Yep. There you go. Brian, we appreciate your time. Good luck in Chicago. We'll need it. 122 at Edmonton. Uh, Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Want to tell you guests on our show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mall. When we come back in Oilers Now, we'll get to the James H. Brown injury report. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. It's 125 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Jason from Sangudo has texted us on our Ashley Fineford's text line. It says, Bob, in Houston at the Toyota Center. Several people have been tested for the Corolla virus. All right. Uh, that was kind of funny. Not necessarily super funny, but it was okay funny. Last night in Chicago, we had an event at the Magnificent Mile Marriott with uh 25 to 28 of the Oilers now road trippers. Uh, we had Glenn Gullitson show up and do a little meet and greet. Uh, Mark Spector, Gene Principe, Jack Michaels was there, Derek Van Deest, and uh, it was terrific. So these Oilers now road trips, we've loved doing them over the years, and they're put together by New West Travel. And this fall, you can join the president of New West Travel, Dennis LaLiberti, on a spectacular 20-day trip to South Africa. This tour takes you through Cape Town, coastal villages, the famous Victoria Falls, plus two exciting safaris. Enjoy five-star hotels, meals, and guided tours. To book now and save a 1000 bucks per couple, reach out to newwesttravel.com. All right, as promised, 
It's the injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown. Trent Brown, best safety the Eskimos had in the last 30 years? I'd say so. Here's Brennan Escott. All right, Bob, well, we kind of went through off the top of the show the Oilers injury. So just to recap, uh, closer to a return, Oscar Kleffbaum, uh, that shoulder ailment holding him out. No Kim Nygaard is uh, rehabbing a broken hand. Mike Green remains on the shelf with a sprained MCL. Andrew Shaw out with a concussion since early December. Calvin DeHaan, Brent Seabrook, both done for the year. Uh, shoulder injuries there, but Seabrook also having surgery on both hips. Zach Smith considered day-to-day with a back problem, at least a time that I wrote this. Uh, Rangers forward Chris Kreider has been ruled out four to six weeks. The foot fracture he suffered last week, almost immediately after signing that contract extension. Devils defenseman Will Butcher rupturing ligaments in his thumb back on February 18th, had surgery. That'll keep him out three to four months. And Habs forward Tomas Tatar returned to Montreal from this road trip. He suffered an upper body injury. There you go. That is our injury report again for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Oilers in the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. St. Albert's own Troy Murray coming up at 135 after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.